0: Before we get into today's episode, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know by now, we're here to tell you that hockey has returned to ESPN. The NHL season has started back up and that means you can stream your team's games on ESPN Plus from the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning to the brand new Seattle Kraken. Subscribe to ESPN Plus so you don't miss a goal.
1: Also, Get the inside scoop on the biggest NBA news and hear from the stars on and off the court on The Woj Pod. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
0: In the Crease is presented by ADT. Brilliantly safe.
1: In the Crease, the ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. Emily Kaplan here with Linda Cohn. This is the In the Crease podcast. Linda, I felt like all week, this was the week where the Connor McDavid discourse got to an all-time high. I hosted ESPN, the Daily Podcast. We had Bucci Grass on, doing an explainer for Connor McDavid. For anyone who didn't know why he's so great, we have him scoring a point in at least every game. And lo and behold, who breaks him off that streak but the freaking Dallas Stars.
0: Yeah, a desperate Dallas Stars team, right? You know, we don't know what to make of this team. Rick Bonus, a week or two ago, the head coach says, hey, he goes, I know what's wrong and I'm going to fix it. But they still lost some games. So obviously he didn't know what was wrong. Here's what's right. They had a million goalies. It's like, you know, that old saying, and you know this because you covered the NFL, as do I. Here's the deal. When you have too many quarterbacks, you have none, right? What's that old cliche?
1: Well, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback.
0: Yeah. So the Dallas Stars, right? They had four goalies, right? Guess who has shined of late? Jake Ottinger. He -hmm. was in the net last night. He's been unbelievable. Okay. I know Ben Bishop rumors of him coming back in our lifetime. We love Ben. He's a great human. Good for him. But if you're Rick bonus, I don't care about egos, hurt feelings with these other three guys. You go with a hot hand. You are in that central division. You are desperate for points. And here you go. You're at home. Here comes Leon Drysaddle, who scores goals so easily, leads leads the league, of course, in scoring goals, and of course, Connor McDavid. Yes, with good reason. Our family of networks. We have hockey. Hey, if I was running this, I'd be putting up 97 everywhere we go. Pump up this guy. Let the casual sports fans know this guy exists. And of course, we had the game (laughs) last night exclusively on ESPN+. And his 17-point streak ends, and that was, of course, to open the season And the Dallas Stars did such a great job. And and they spoke about it after how they did it. Here's what I love. And if I am a GM, if I'm a head coach of any of these other teams, especially in the Pacific Division, when I face Connor McDavid a million times a season, I'm studying that film, aren't you? Oh,
1: for sure. You know, the Dallas Stars are such a fascinating team to me because once again, defensive structure is there offense is just dried up they just cannot score goals there's a guy I talked to in the league he played in the central division and over the summer he told me you know who's gonna suck really bad soon the Dallas Stars and I'll never forget that conversation and the way they started this year I keep going back to that you know I think the issue is their top players need to be their top players and they haven't Tyler Sagan, Alexander Radulov. We just haven't seen that star performance from them, despite missing most of last year with injury for both of them. And I can really... I throw a name in there? Jamie Ben, one captain, Jamie Ben.
0: Is that what you were going to say? I'm going a different direction. Seeing that game last night and watching Dennis Gorianov pull a mm. Conor McDavid imitation with that goal. He's a kind of player. I don't know what it is. I mean, he was he was a first-round pick in 2015 when, of course, 2015 NHL draft was amazing because Connor McDavid was in that one. Jack Eichel was in that one. Kyle Connor was in that one. And Dennis Gurionov, oh, by the way, was in that one as a first-round pick. Never has lived up to expectations. He's a kind of player like when you see a goal and anyone who didn't see his goal on uh, Tuesday night, uh, please find it because he looked like Connor McDavid speeding through the Oilers like they were like with ease and so he can turn it on and then he looks invisible on some other games there are several players like that in the league right where sometimes they have these amazing games where they
1: stand out where they're the number one star In other games they're invisible that's him consistency is like the number one thing i would value if i'm a coach a guy i know that will come in every night and you're right there's so many guys in the league that just Sometimes they bring it and sometimes they don't. And It's just frustrating and tantalizing. The other thing with the Dallas Stars, something that happened last week that I want to talk about, the Riley Tufty situation, because it was just, for those who don't know, Riley Tufty, a former first-round pick, a young guy on the come-up, he is from Minnesota. He was going to get his third career start this year, or third start this year, first ever in Minnesota, this team that he grew up rooting for the Wild. They trot him out there to the media to talk about it twice. He goes and gets tickets for all of his friends, all of his family. He's on his entry-level contract. He doesn't make a ton of money. He doesn't come from a family with a ton of money. He had to borrow money and tickets from another player, a player on the wild, Nick Fugestad, just to cover for everyone coming. And then an hour before the game, Rick Bonus scratches him now that just broke my heart. It's not the biggest thing in the world, but it just seemed wrong and it didn't seem fair. This is a kid that would have come in and given them energy, something they needed. Um, I want to talk about it on Around the Horn. So I called Tuftie's agent. I said, look, If I talk about this on national TV, am I going to A, embarrass the kid or B, pour gasoline on the issue? And he's like, (laughs) look, you know, Rick Bonus is a really good guy, but this was a mistake and yada, yada, yada. They love him. And I was like, "Okay, I hear that. But this was a messed up situation. So, of course, I run around the horn that week. I was on fire. I was talking NFL. I was just feeling myself. And uh, I called out Riley Tufty and I said, this is messed up. And then they go bring him down to the AHL. And I just the whole thing just didn't sit well with me. It felt really unsavory.
0: Yeah. And and that's why it's even more shocking that Dallas Stars went out and beat the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, you would think a, a move like that or lack thereof by Rick Bonus uh, would have a rippling effect on that dressing room. And I guess the leadership group in that room said, listen, that was a dumb decision by our head coach. Let's move on. We can't let that drag us down. We have bigger fish to fry. Uh, but I'm glad you brought that out. I'm glad you spoke up on Around the Thank Horn. You, I'm glad Wanda. you pitched that. Any way to get hockey in any show on our family of networks is a win as I've always liked to say, Emily, and you are in agreement.
1: Thank you. And to make it full circle, we even had a Connor McDavid on that topic on that show. That's how good Connor McDavid is. It's so impossible to get hockey on any of these shows. And that win against the Edmonton Oilers, which again, huge win, who scored a very important early goal for them, was one Jason Robertson. Young kid on the up and up, was the runner up in the Calder race to Kirill Kaprizov last year. And when we were in Chicago, Linda, he was one of our favorite personalities to talk to. He was just so pure and so bubbly and we never aired that conversation. So we figured today was a great time to introduce you to who Jason Robertson is off the ice.
2: You have teammates who are really good at it and yeah. not, you're, you're like the one of the few guys who suck at it, right? So I don't want to go with them and drag them down. It's so I never get into it. And then they, when they have the grooves, I never even bother because like I'm not good enough. I don't want to try. And they don't invite you. because they're shooting, they're playing for whatever and shooting par and everything, and I'm like, I don't even take, I haven't kept score ever, right? (laughs) Like Kajupa bogey, like fifth bogey, I don't even know. I lost so many balls, but... Um, also, the weather is way too, it gets too hot and I'm like ugh, nine, 95, 95 degrees, you know, it's just, eh, I don't want to deal with it. It gets sweaty.
1: It's so fun to hear about him as the young guy in the team. But another thing we learned about him being so young was he's still learning how to cook. And in the spirit of Thanksgiving, we need to bring this clip to you.
2: There is def- there is a, definitely a story behind the Brussels. <laughs> so back in the my first season, uh, this last past season, we had set meals after a game at home. OK, because of COVID, you didn't do a buffet style. You had set meals. And we got it from the Capitol Grill. OK. Nice. Yeah, it's a nice spot. It was really good, uh, apart from Brussels. <laughs> so we're filling out lists of what to do, like what foods and whatnot. And I've actually never heard of the Capitol Grill until then. So I'm confused. I'm, like, oh, what you, what you? I'm asking around. what are you getting? What are you getting? And you know, I get your steak, your rice, or whatnot. And they had the Brussels sprouts. And I'm like, I'm not a big fan of, I don't really like Brussels sprouts, but everyone had the Brussels sprouts and there's this certain way, it's like a, I don't know how they do it, but it's called the Capitol Grill way of Brussels sprouts. Right. And I'm like, okay, if everyone says it, I'm going to get it. And sure enough, I put it down and I have it once and that was the last time I had it
0: they made it like probably with olive oil and they made it
2: nice and crispy yeah yeah, it made it even worse I'd rather normal and so we got these meals every three games and we played I don't know 28 games at home so every three meals I'd get brussels that I just wouldn't eat so I would just put away the brussels and it'd be like touching my steak or whatever because it had this like sauce or whatever and it'd be like throwing away the brussels I don't like brussels
0: I loved I loved I loved when food gets in the show as you know (laughs) Okay. And especially when a professional hockey player who was entertaining, animated, and passionate about Jason Robertson. I mean, he was one of our best. You mentioned it off the top. He really was. He's just great. You know, on a time we give thanks, Emily Kaplan, Jason Robertson, just grateful for every opportunity he gets to live out his dream.
2: Uh, I know when I was in Michigan, um, there was a team I played, uh, my skills coach coached a team, and there's another Filipino-American kid who's Pretty, it's pretty good. So it's it's nice to see that you know more kids are up and coming, and uh, to see this community keep moving towards opening up more players. And uh, even when their family starts to, some for whatever reason, watches hockey and they see, oh, they could see me or, or Nick or who, whomever. It kind of opens up, saying, oh, you know, my kid can do that. It's not just going in other sports where it's promote or encourage. So it's pretty cool to to be part of.
0: I just got that feeling from him, and it wasn't just the feeling; it was fact because that's how he feels and how he's opened the doors and how he wants to open the doors for others and make this indeed a sport for everyone. Hockey
1: is for everyone, right? That's what we keep hearing. That's a nice phrase. Yeah, no, it's so true. And he and his brother, Nick, are Filipino-American and their culture is so important to them. Their heritage is so important to them. And they can be role models to other kids who maybe don't look like every other player they've seen play in the NHL. Another guy, by the way, we got to talk about the games of the week. ABC first game on ABC in 17 years. Rangers Bruins. We're going to get into that, but I'll be at the game on ESPN Plus afterwards, which is the Chicago Blackhawks and the St. Louis Blues. And guess who's leading the Blues in scoring this year? Jordan Cairo, who finally looks consistent. He's taken that next step. Another great immigrant story. His grandparents first generation from Greece. His grandfather's first job in Toronto was working at the first Tim Horton store on Yonge Street. And here he is all these years later, um, just finally realizing out his dream. And I'm really excited to see him in person because he just looks so explosive out there. Like he's got that great first step. It's really natural for him. He's very fast. And I want to see that live in person because Linda, as we know, hockey, it is a TV sport. But it's so much better in arena experience. And you really get to appreciate the skill there.
0: You had me at Tim Hortons because my (laughs) sister Donna, besides the fact I love Tim Hortons, everything about it. My sister Donna works at the Tim Hortons in Buffalo. Really? She listens to our podcast religiously. So if I didn't give a shout out to her, I don't know what would happen this thing It's Thanksgiving week. week.
1: You got to talk about family. Also, I thought you said you had me at Tim Hortons because you want to talk about donuts because, you know, we want to get back to food.
0: We do. And I want to get back to food because we heard from Jason Robertson about his Brussels sprouts and all that. And I know that's been a trendy vegetable for the past decade. So oh, trendy. When I was growing up, uh, my mother would shove Brussels sprouts in front of me. Again, not roasted with olive oil. And Boiled. You know, pecans or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bacon. Boiled. It was the wor- There was no bacon involved. There was nothing. There was nothing with flavor involved with the Brussels sprouts I grew up with. I would shove that stuff in my napkin and throw it out. (laughs) True story. I don't know if anyone listening, you probably, Emily, have done that with some food growing up as a child. Come on. Didn't you spit out in a napkin? I hate to bring this up during Thanksgiving, but you? uh, it's what I did with
1: Brussels sprouts. My mom, I mean, she was a working mom and we had a lot of like freezer meals. Fish sticks. I hated them. And I think I might've done that with fish sticks. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) My mom was a working mom too. And we had like, we were big on breakfast for dinner.
1: Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Scrambled eggs and toast. And French toast. Ooh. Big,
0: big. Scrambled, items.
1: Wait, scrambled eggs and French toast for dinner.
0: Yeah. French toast was a go-to. I told my mother, you know, she didn't get home till seven o'clock each night. Uh, you Listen, it has come back to haunt me because I'm not a great cook. When I put my mind to something, I can do it. But sure. that's never You know, I'm running out of space in my mind, Emily.
1: I don't want to talk about my mom as a cook. Just kidding. She's a wonderful cook. Do you know what my mom makes better than anybody else? What is that? People love it. And she makes it for all her friends. And anytime someone's like matzo ball soup, she crushes matzo ball soup. soup. Oh my God. There's some in the fridge right now. She made some for a friend who had surgery and we had the leftovers yesterday and it was dank. Oh, never gets old. Soul food. Never
0: gets old. Oh, that's great. Okay, we, we talked about food. Uh, I want to. I'm sure there's great food at the UBS Arena, and mm. I'm sure the UBS Arena is amazing. Of course, anyone who doesn't know what the UBS Arena great is. Great
1: transition, elite transition, Linda.
0: <laughs> Thank you. When in doubt, have great food at a new arena, and that's what the UBS Arena has. They have other great things as well, but right now, their hockey team, the team that you know, that is their place, that is their new home. Uh, it's disarray now. In defense. Of the New York Islanders again, they started the season on the road for 13 games. They come home, they've played two games, they've lost both games, and they've been hit hard by the whole COVID mess. So, yeah, there's an excuse there. And I don't mean that in a negative way. That's our reality. Something has gone awry. But when you don't have your star players, like leading with your captain, for one, Anders Lee, and then Brock Nelson had to leave the game. After the first period, uh, maybe Emily Kaplan, you have an update on this. I don't know, but it wasn't COVID. So he's the only other guy that can put the puck in the net.
1: Yeah, no, the Brock Nelson situation is not good. It was an injury for him. It wasn't COVID protocols. He's going to be out a couple weeks. That's not good for anyone. Um, The interesting thing with them and COVID is they now have uh, two to four weeks for Brock Nelson, by the way, adding on to Ryan Pulak, who's going to be out four to six weeks. That's another really big loss for them. But with the COVID protocol, they had seven regulars on the COVID list. And everyone was wondering, are they going to go on pause? Because when we saw the situation with the Ottawa Senators, the reason they paused is because it was an act of transmission. They just couldn't seem to handle this. And guys just kept getting more positive tests. And it seemed like the same situation with the Islanders. Like every day, more guys getting added to it. But the NHL is having them trudge on. I'm not sure exactly internally how the Islanders feel about that. Uh, They're one of those teams, again, very difficult to get information on, maybe because their general manager is Lou Lamarillo, the guy who hates giving out information. He's very protective. So protective. But it's an interesting situation because everyone figured, okay, once they open up the new arena, they get this big slate of home games. They'll get their season back on track. But it's even more adversity. And they're at the bottom of the Metro division right now. And it's a long road to climb up, especially in that competitive division.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they're going to face, uh, you know, the Rangers today when we speak, when we're recording here on a busy uh, Wednesday night, night before Thanksgiving, which annually in the NHL is the busiest, one of the busiest nights of the year, 14 games. And, you know, what are the NHL? I agree with the NHL. I was not a big fan of the NHL, even pausing it for Ottawa. Mm-hmm. But I think when it reached double digits and players unavailable. And unless the Islanders, see if the Islanders, you know, reach double digits and players not available due to COVID, well, then it would only be fair if you pause the Islanders schedule. But Emily, we've talked about what this means for the Olympics, but even another big storyline from this is you're going to run out of days to make up games. And, you know, the Rangers would be affected by this. Their game against Ottawa was uh, paused, was suspended. They didn't have that. So if the Islanders get a break from the NHL and their schedule is on pause, you know, maybe the Rangers would be affected again. I mean, that doesn't sit well with the opposing teams. I know there's things out of your control, but we all, all teams play on the same level. And I don't think it's fair, but if the Islanders do reach double digits, in players affected by COVID, then, yeah, I mean, I think it would be fair because you did that with Ottawa, the NHL. So you'd have to do with the Islanders to pause their schedule.
1: Right. So the Islanders play the Rangers. Maybe when you're listening to this, the game already happened. And then, of course, like I mentioned, the big game on ABC, Rangers visiting the Boston Bruins. And I know you want to talk about the Bruins because they're kind of a confounding team. They haven't looked as dominant as they have in years past. Of course, there's been a bit of turnover and no two a couple situations in goal but the issue with them so far is they haven't been able to beat the top teams in the league usually they are that elite team that can go head to head with anyone but when you look at their record against some of the more elite teams in this league it's not good yeah it's
0: frustrating for the head coach Bruce Cassidy you know the Bruins are a type of the team type of team that unless that number one line is clicking unless that power play is clicking and that's usually one and the same uh they're going to find more uh you know negativity with their game Mm -hmm. if those things aren't happening because we always question their depth and all of the above my concern is I feel there's a player there who oh by the way just happens to be the captain Patrice Bergeron who is being taken for granted now I don't listen Bergeron he's a team player he's the captain I'm sure he or his representatives are not complaining about anything but he's in the last year of his contract And we haven't heard anything about it. We haven't heard any whispers. We haven't heard a darn thing. And he's having a very, very good season so far. He had one game where he scored four goals this year. Um, But we're not, isn't that weird, Emily? We're not hearing anything about Patrice Bergeron.
1: It is and it isn't. Look, he's 36 years old, so we know he's on the tail end of his career. But that said, he can still produce at an elite level, especially what he does as a defensive forward. We know he's one of the best two-way centers in the game. Um, You know, something that is interesting is this past offseason, I was hearing some rumblings that perhaps he's going to retire. Maybe this could be it for him. You know, I've heard the same thing about Steven Stamkos. Maybe the injuries were just too much and just taking too much of a toll on his body. I would not be shocked if from here on forward, he just does these one-year contracts, kind of like Zdeno Chara was doing. Yeah. Play it year by year, see what works for him, see what works for his family, see what works for his body. Um, that said, I also wouldn't be surprised if he signs a three- or four-year extension. It's like, look, I'm just going to commit to ending my career with the Bruin. So we'll see what happens there. Maybe I'll make some calls and give you guys an update the next time we record and see what the situation with Patrice Bergeron is.
0: Yeah. Good, good stuff, Emily. Yeah. That's what I would like to know. And I could see this guy, you know, once a Bruin, always a Bruin. He's not going anywhere. No,
1: he's not finishing his career in another uniform. I I feel like unless it's maybe like his childhood dream to play for the Montreal Canadiens or something, then we don't know about.
0: Yeah. Isn't it every, it seems like everybody's (laughs) childhood dream is to play for the Montreal Canadiens. Hey, it was my childhood dream to play for the Montreal Canadiens. Quick story. I grew up not only loving, you know, again, I'm older than you, obviously I can be your mother. Uh, I'm old enough to be your mother. But the point is this, I, being a goalie, I was enamored. I loved being a Ranger fan. I loved Eddie Jockerman. I he was my first favorite goalie. He was so cool and so combative and such a gamer. But Ken Dryden of the Montreal mm. Canadiens was just so Mark cool. Mark Peck. Couple of quick stories. I mean, I, I mean, again, he went on, he was a lawyer. He was in law school and all this. Because of him, I wanted to go to college in, at McGill University in Montreal. Mm -hmm. I was just like, and again, I love the sweater. I love the logo. I love everything about the Montreal Canadiens. So this is what I have in common with Patrice Bergeron. I too want to grow up playing for my childhood team. Not that we know Bergeron ever wants to. That's just, we're just fantasizing there for Canadian fans. But my goodness, who wouldn't want to end up playing for the Montreal Canadiens? Montreal, oh, by the way, one of my favorite cities on our planet.
1: Yeah, we know you want to buy an apartment there, right?
0: That's right. Emily, you remembered. Of course. I'm still thinking about it.
1: <laughs> Let's do it. I want to get in on this timeshare.
0: That's right. That's right. Is that what don't we have another place that we're thinking of too? I know we're thinking of Montreal. No, that was the only one, Emily. I think we need to do that.
1: I think we got to go somewhere tropical as well, some island off the Caribbean. No one can find us. We can just log off for a couple of days. Well there'll be Wi-Fi so we can podcast I love that. if needed. But yeah, you can also log off and no one can reach us if definitely needed. All
0: right. That's good. Too bad we're working all the time. Uh, (laughs) Also, we would both do research on that tropical island that we can uh, definitely, you know, put, you know, kind of uh, make another home to. Hey, um, speaking of working, um, here's my schedule. Yeah, I'm working. I'm not working Thanksgiving but i will be uh working as we tape tonight wednesday night on this 14 game slate which i can't get enough of it's like christmas early hanukkah early 14 games i'll be hosting in the crease and i think i'm obviously i shouldn't say obviously but i'm pretty sure i'm soloing what a fun night to work in the crease That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not complaining about that because, you know, me and highlights, they're hand in hand. And so I'm going to do that Thursday off.
1: Linda will not be at the bar meeting up with the old high school friends, seeing who who's the most successful. No, I am not
0: doing that. But you will be. Why why do I think you will be?
1: Because I'm 30. (laughs) I still do things like that.
0: You should be. You got to keep that going. I promise you. You must keep that going as long as your friends are able to get away from their respective homes and families or significant others, whatever stage they're
1: in at the age of 30, which
0: is what you're dealing with.
1: I'm at the stage of 30 where my first high school friend is pregnant. That's the stage I'm at. And I saw her yesterday with her little bump, and it was just so surreal to me.
0: Well, my daughter, Sammy, who I speak about a lot, who is also 30 your age, that was eye-opening for her. One of her best friends, if not her best friend, had a baby less than a year ago, Wow! married and had a baby. And that's when she knew, wow, I mean, I'm 30. Yeah. That kind of thing. That kind of feeling. When pregnancies are planned. Yes. Yes.
1: (laughs) So my schedule is, um, I actually, I'm from the East coast in New Jersey and I'm here now because on Sunday, Linda, I had a real fun day. Oh, we're already ahead on Sunday. I'm I'm, I'm rewinding a bit on Sunday. I went to New Jersey because I spent a day with two 20 or 20 and a 21 year old Ty Smith and Jack Hughes. We had a rowy day in Jersey city. We hung out. We watched red zone all day. We went and got big Italian subs. They rode their, uh, their electric scooters. It's going to be a super fun day in the life tease. We're going to air on ESPN probably sometime before Christmas. Jack Hughes is going to come back soon. That's going to be great news. Um, spent a couple of days here and then on Wednesday night tonight my mom is making me a Thanksgiving dinner which is so sweet because I actually have to leave on Thanksgiving to get back to Chicago not where I'm from but where my bed is um, to work that Blackhawks Blues game on Friday afternoon couple of things
0: it makes tons of sense what happened on the bagels I was so looking forward to the a bagel menu with
1: you and Jack Hughes oh so remember that it I wanted holidays. to so badly but this is what happened because jack hughes is coming back from injury he didn't think he was going to skate that morning but he did so the crew arrives at 10 a.m by the way ty smith is a sweet prince the crew arrives while ty smith is still sleeping this is how you know they're so young jack's like oh no where are my roommates sleeping but i'll leave the door open the crew can just come in things only 20 year olds say Poor Ty lets us all in, all set up. Set up takes about two hours. We're just hanging out, kicking it, getting to know him. And um, Jack just was delayed. He said that Mackenzie Blackwood wanted to stay on the ice super long. It just took a while. He didn't get back. Blame it on the goalie. Blame it on the goalie always. He didn't get back till 2 p.m. First, he goes to Ty. He's like, hey, thanks for getting the whole feeling out period out of the way for me. Appreciate you, which was pretty hilarious because he did. Uh, And then Jack walks in and is like, I'm so hungry. It's going to get ugly soon. We need to eat (laughs) now. And when you got someone that was that hungry, I was like, okay, well, let's just go get this guy some food. I wanted yes. to get bagels because that to me seems screams Jersey, but the yes. boys, when they're that hungry, they made other plans. They want to go to this Italian deli. And I'm like, sure. It was also super Jersey. It was in Hoboken. And I could tell Jack's blood sugar levels were so low. I kind of got in maternal mode because they were supposed to scooter back, then eat them there. And I was like, why don't you boys eat now? I think you're going to need to get some food in your stomach. Oh, scooter back. Oh, Oh, wait until you see the scooter footage. It's hilarious.
0: It's just absolutely. I cannot wait. So, that'll be something to look forward to before Christmas. Love it. And love Devils fans that Jack Hughes will be back soon. uh, Definitely. And that's good news as well. Um, I'm hosting Sports Center on Friday night, day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then uh, back on In the Crease Saturday, where it's another jam packed schedule in the Hockey League, Um, as well as, yeah. So, Friday yeah late sports center out of la uh, and you know me emily i'm going to get a lot of hockey in the in sports center i don't care what college Damn football right game you is are. happening i don't care what nba game is happening it's not as you care okay about the dog show i don't care is that what that's right we've established. isn't that on tape i don't understand is it live cuz you don't know work. how they the dog show i don't even care about the i love dogs and earlier i you were not on video but babs was people you know as as your dog my babs this morning may i just uh, go off on a little yeah. tangent her tummy was growling, but she didn't eat her food. So I looked it up, went in doubt, Google everything, when your dog's stomach is gurgling. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, oh, yeah, dogs gurgle stomach just like humans. Usually they're hungry or they're digesting. So, you know, she's still not eating her food. I'm a little concerned, but I'm going to hold out hope. But there's nothing I could do. Her tummy was growling.
1: Oh, perhaps. See, when our tummy is growling, right, we're hungry. Yeah, always. I And when... Jack Hughes' tummy is growling. He's like, get me food now. I don't care if you want bagels, Emily. I want to eat whatever I want to eat.
0: Why do I feel like a bagel, even though we're talking Thanksgiving food? Uh, Favorite? I had Before a bagel we get, get out of this here. Morning. Yeah. Nice. Before we get out of here, what is your go-to Thanksgiving food that, you know, something that you usually don't have
1: all year round? What do you love? Mm, that's a great question. Thank you. And turkey. I don't eat turkey, <laughs> roast turkey always. And, and it's never the star of the plate, right? Low-key, if a stuffing is made well, it's really good. Yeah. And my older sister Leah's is here. She's the chef in the family. She made a cornbread stuffing this morning that we're Ooh. gonna eat tonight. It smells really good. It smells okay, really, really good. Okay, that's that's
0: beautiful. That's a win. Stop at cornbread stuff, Okay, cornbread stuffing. Mine is the go-to of the, you know, the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows. There is something. I can't about... do it.
1: I can't do it. It's too sweet. Oh, my... see, I love it. Your lo- potatoes are nature's
0: candy to begin with. I know, but I love the topping. And you're like Sammy because Sammy would rather have salty stuff than sweet stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, just not a big sweet. Person. I like salty
1: and sweet, but that's just too okay. sweet. sweet. Sweet overboard. All right.
0: I love it. I can get, I do that. I can have that as the main course. We can share
1: Thanksgiving because I won't eat any of yours. You can have all of that.
0: And by the way, I'll have the dark meat of the turkey because I don't want to go near the white meat. So great. I'm there. And I like the cranberry sauce too. We make a
1: nice homemade cranberry sauce. This, the secret is orange peel. Uh, well, orange? See, I'm not a
0: fan of orange peel. I don't know then if we can have that tropical zest. island place together.
1: Oh, well, we just don't have to cook Thanksgiving meals there. We can just have fish and local fresh That's fruits and vegetables. That sounds Ahi great tuna.
0: too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you still had me on Montreal. That is happening <laughs> before anything. That's going to happen. I don't just put things out there and not follow through. As You and know, you know what?
1: It. I like Montreal bagels. They're a different breed. They're different than New York bagels. They're sweeter. They're denser. They're good. All and those. you know what else
0: is in Montreal, Emily? Tim what? Hortons. Tim Hortons is in Montreal. Come on, there's Timmy Ho's you know all that? over Canada. I know, but I just wanted to kind of go full circle on our podcast and leave us with the, just the smell. Let's imagine the smell and the taste of a donut. A Timbit. A Timbit. That's all we need, just a little nosh.
1: All right, I want to go nosh now.
0: Okay, me too. Happy Thanksgiving, Linda. Happy Thanksgiving, Emily, and to all our listeners.